strength and knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast edition on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. Steve is out and about in the wretched hive of scum and villainy, which is Washington, D.C. He's out there for a couple days, a couple, two, three days this week. So while he is gone, Todd and myself are filling in. I am Aaron McIntyre. I'm his uh, producer, uh, filling in again with Todd, uh, Todd Erzin. And we just wrapped up production on today's TV show, Todd. And um, I just want to, I'll let you say what stood out to you. I just want to say, don't want to, I don't want to um, make it sound like we were just going after Jim Jordan, but you dropped some tough love you dropped a tough love truth brom on uh, on mr jordan this afternoon on the tv show and um i I think it's some must watch television what stood out on the uh on the show to you yeah well i I got a little schizophrenic there i couldn't decide who i wanted to be more mad at the the air quotes journalist interviewing him or uh him for pretending that she was an actual uh journalist uh, other than that, we talked uh, with Daniel Horowitz, uh, CR's own, uh, at length about uh, both North Korea and uh, the aftermath of uh, Masterpiece Cake and a ruling out of Arizona. Does it contradict it? Is it reinforced by it? And both stories uh, were ultimately similar, at least in my mind, in terms that there is a, a, a wait-and-see that is too long and too uncomfortable for for me uh, uh, to enjoy. But nonetheless, uh, we weren't going to suddenly uh, turn uh, North Korea into into a thriving uh, capitalist economy uh, and open uh, to uh, the riches of Western. Uh, well. The riches of Western culture, as uh, we would like to think, uh, is still possible. Uh, The news cycle here in Western civilization in America, not so rich these days. Uh, Quite the opposite. But um, both stories are in a a wait-and-see pattern because we have to decide who's got a spine and what people are going to do to either trust and verify mm-hmm. in North Korea or to um, care about their uh, country burning to the ground here, right here in our own backyard. Yeah. And uh, Daniel Horowitz, our prophet of woe and lamentation, joined us for some double barreled action. First talking about North Korea and what we don't know, primarily about what went down at Singapore in Singapore earlier this week. And then talking about how last week's masterpiece cake shop ruling from the Supreme Court might not have even been as big of a win as small win as what we uh, what we thought. 
both of those uh, topics and everything on the show, I thought, despite Steve being gone, it's worth your time. CRTV.com slash Dace. You can use that promo code Dace. And also, since you're listening to this podcast, you're probably doing so on iTunes via Apple. So if you can, it's really appreciated if you could uh, drop in and give us a review, write some nice things about us. Todd, the last time that we hosted the podcast, somebody wrote a review um, that I just thought was really impactful. Uh, They said the podcast was an embarrassment and beneath the integrity of the show, or so I thought. I'm sorry I ever wasted my time on it one star. So if you are as impressed as that (laughs) customer is, go ahead to iTunes right now. Leave us a nice, nice review like that. I I would really appreciate it. It really helps the show out. Uh, CRTV.com slash Dace. And of course, on on the podcast. That was serious? Yeah, that was real. About just us doing uh, the yeah. show. No, that was the anything last time. more than that. No, what did <laughs> we just that? <laughs> what did we talk about? Um, I think it was the one where we talked about childish Gambino. Okay. Yeah. So, I which you know that 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 music video is probably yeah. I can see how you'd be offended at that music video. Anyway. Wednesday is the day on the show, on the podcast, where we play a little game called Buy, Sell, or Hold. Now, Buy, Sell, or Hold is is a lot of fun when Steve is here because he can just start going off on a topic and you just don't know when it's going to end. Like, I'll get, sometimes I'll get 40 suggestions from listeners like you who email me at Aaron at SteveDace.com or respond to the tweet that I put out offering, uh, soliciting your buy sell hold suggestions and you know like i said i'll get dozens upon dozens of these suggestions and i'll maybe sometimes get through like three or four just because steve will take one little thing that i thought was going to be like a yes or no or a buy or sell and he'll make an entire show out of it so that's why it's so much fun now steve is gone so it's a little bit hard for todd and i to just play this together so i thought hey we'll call up our good old pal Chris Pandolfo from Conservative Review. I'm sure he would love to play a game of buy, sell, hold. So he's now on Skype with us. And uh, Chris, it's uh, it's good to have you on the podcast. This is the first time I think maybe you've been on the Steve Day Show podcast. This is the first time I've been on the podcast. And let me tell you guys, as a, somebody who listens to your podcast religiously, I am so, so happy you read my review of your yeah. show yeah. on the air just <laughs> yeah, a few seconds I'm, ago. You know, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that we lived up to your low expectations chris it that is our goal when i wake up every morning how can we tank the show to appease chris's already low expectations and i'm glad at least one day we were able to achieve that so thank you thank you for the um the the, the self-assurance there uh it's todd and chris are you ready to go with buy seller hold Apparently not, based on um, past reviews, but um, we'll oh. give it a shot anyways. <laughs> all righty. Um, I said well, I'm, I, I'm so ready because I, I listen to you guys do this all the time, and, and your takes are so awful Yeah, that I, I'm just – they need to be corrected, Yeah, and I'm here to correct them. Just so, a, a quick go. review on the ro- rules of the show. Um, you can either buy – you can only buy or sell. You are permitted once if you want to be a punk loser to use what's called a hold. If you don't know – uh, an answer to one of these stipulations that are thrown out there. Um, but if you do use that, you will be mocked ruthlessly. So without further ado, let's get into this. Constantinos Roditis, who basically sponsors this segment, uh, he says, Theresa May will not allow a clean Brexit, and by the end of the year, she will no longer be prime minister, and the new prime minister won't fulfill Brexit either. Todd? I will... She won't allow a clean Brexit. Correct. Well, okay. Uh, I'm going to sell and 
by clean listen th- there's probably going to be some I, I don't call it unclean if there's some nibbling around the edges uh, so and I think that probably happen as it does with all uh, deals at the 11th hour for whatever reason uh, but I, I think that this is going to happen Chris yeah I'm with Todd I'm going to sell too I, I think that she's going to well look the last prime minister lost his prime ministership uh, is that what you call it I guess that's what you call it he lost his seat because uh, he had the referendum. He didn't want to do the Brexit. And then the people said, uh, we're going to do the Brexit. And so that's why Theresa May is prime minister, because the people spoke. They said she's going to be the Brexit. So if she doesn't do this, she knows she's gone. And so if she wants to keep her seat, she's got to see this through. So I think she's going to try to see this through. And uh, if it doesn't get seen through, it's not because it's not going to be her fault. It's just going to be uh, establishment politics in Britain refusing to let go of this new post-World War II order that we have where everybody's going to get along in the European Union and everything's going to be hunkadory and we're going to try to make Europe one big country. And uh, we see now that, that it, that's failing. So I think she's going to try to see it through. And I don't know if she'll be successful, though. Uh, by the way, Konstantinos uh, Rhoditis, who threw that um, that uh, statement out there, he's going to be the guest tomorrow on the TV show. Oh, yeah. So we're finally going to meet Konstantinos. All right. Caleb Johnson says, with no plausible presidential candidates, the Democrats will have a primary with the top two candidates being Al Gore and Tom Hanks. Todd. <laughs> well, something equally ridiculous probably will happen but i'm going to take the field so i'm going to sell uh it's not going to be those guys uh far more likely is uh oh boy let uh, you know pick pick i want to pick the perfect burned out it's got to be a gal uh it'll be like um oh what are uh, for madeline albright and david hogg that's who it'll be very nice Chris. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a hard sell on this one. Look, Democrats are going to run more candidates than Republicans ran in 2016 for this seat. <laughs> that could, no, every, he's not lying. Because, he's not lying. Uh, yeah, because everybody and their mother thinks that they can beat Donald Trump. And so everybody and their mother is going to get into this race and try to beat him. Uh, you're, look, I, I think among the Democrats, the most well-known are probably going to be Kamala Harris, Cory Booker. You know, so some of the other senators, uh, you're going to see a couple governors get into this race. You're going to see a couple non-politicians like Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks. Everybody's laughing at him right now, but he's totally going to run for president. Uh, there's the congressman from Maryland who's already running for president. I think his name's Delaney or something. And you're going to have a lot of big name liberals running in this primary on their in their side. Lots of people who are famous on their side. And so one of those big names, probably whoever has the most name ID, whoever has the most charisma, and whoever has the most money, is going to be the Democratic nominee. I think they're going to try, they're going to put up a serious challenge to President Trump. Because on the one hand, I think uh, they're going to just, they're just of the volume of candidates they have, they're going to pick someone who's at least decent enough of campaigning to stand out among 30 people. And on the other hand, I think the Democratic Party realizes that they just blew the 2016 election by losing to Donald freaking Trump. And the establishment of that party is not going to let that happen again. Oh, you, so you think that you think there's still question, some pragmatism but, in that party? No. Well, I, I think among like the Nancy. OK, so <laughs> <laughs> see, you can't bring yourself to go there. 
<laughs> no, what, what I mean, what I mean is like Nancy Pelosi is insane for different reasons. She's not insane because she wants to drag the party uh, really, really far left. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, she always objects to saying, oh, we're going to impeach President Trump. She's like, look, we we that's not a useful discussion for Democrats to have. I don't want to have that discussion. She'll say other stupid, crazy things like unemployment doesn't matter. Hip, hip, hooray. Uh, but there's like some semblance of just uh, I we want to win elections and we're not going to win elections by setting our hair on fire among the party leadership. Now, the, the base of the party is in a completely different sphere right now. The base is say, we're going to light our hair on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Right. And, and so that you're going to see that conflict play out in the primary. So the question is, can they nominate someone who's far left, but kind of maybe sane enough to pose a credible challenge to Donald Trump? Or are they going to uh, nominate a uh, <laughs> an intersectional um Yes. A transgen- transgender pirate with three nipples. Yes. Uh, Something closer we'll, to that. We'll see. What, you're, what you were describing there, uh, not at the end, but the uh, former, are they going to nominate somebody who's far enough left to be able to have a chance against Donald Trump, uh, but still sane enough to have a chance? Um, what you're describing is Barack Obama, and Barack Obama is a y- unicorn in the Democratic Party. Um, Caleb Johnson with another one. LeBron James will claim that the Warriors sweeping the Cavaliers in the final was allowed because of racism. Bye. Sell. Chris. What was the question? What was the question again? Uh, LeBron James will claim that the Warriors sweeping the Cavaliers in the finals was allowed because of racism. I'm buying that. <laughs> you know what? I'll buy that too. Just because 2018, of course, that would happen. Uh, when I put out the solicitation for people's bold statements on Twitter, um, I also noted that Chris was going to be joining us. So if people had any really scorching hot takes about progressive metal that they needed to get off of their off of their chests, now was the time to do it. Andy W. has one. Neil Pert will regret his decision to retire, and within five years, Rush will embark on a farewell tour of more than 10 stops. All right, so Rush is a progressive rock band. I wouldn't classify them as progressive metal. And uh, the other thing I have to say about Rush is they're probably the greatest three-piece band of all time, period. And I, I don't think it's even close. Uh, now, the issue with Neil Peart is he's suffering from arthritis. And my dad's a drummer, right? So, you know, once you get arthritis, the wrists are in the knees. It's really, really difficult to play drums. So I'm going to sell on this uh, topic. I, I think that Rush is going to retire permanently. I just think it, it hurts too much physically for Neil to play with the band right now. And uh, as, as a huge fan of the band, it, that's really sad to see because you have one of the, the greatest living uh, musical acts of all time uh, putting the sunset on their career. They have a gigantic discography. If, if you have never listened to Rush, you really, really need to check them out. Um, probably the album to start with is going to be Moving Pictures. That came out in 1980. And that was their that was their transition album, kind of away from uh, some of the uh, and more esoteric progressive rock stuff they were putting out in the 1970s uh, towards a more commercial sound that they had in the 1980s. So, Moving Pictures is a great place to start. All right, I'm just going to skip you on that one, Todd. Yeah, unless you I have, can't. Dude. Unless you have an opinion, no, I'm okay. Blown away by the depth of knowledge, right there. Ordinary Steve says, by this time next year, Kim Jong Un will have seen Trump's golden toilet in person. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Simon Simon says England will go out of Simon says I just saw Simon (laughs) says England will go out of the World Cup early as usual. What's a World Cup? 
Yeah. Exactly. I Thank am, you, Chris. I, I, I'm going to sell. Uh, I, I think, because, and expectations, uh, as I understand them, are pretty dour concerning uh, England. The frustration there um, it is, is palpable. And uh, uh, therefore, I think there's a, 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 a national pride sort of at stake. Nothing can be taken for granted. So I think they will overperform the Lamentations. What do you is think, this Chris? Is a Quidditch thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, it is Quidditch. Oh, uh, go, so go Gryffindor. Yeah, so it's sell. Uh, Bill Carlisle says less than five states controlled by Republican legislatures and governors will codify religious liberty protections in the wake of Masterpiece. I will buy. Oh, buy. I think the number is zero. Yeah, buy. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Definitely. Look, look the, the, the will. There is no will among the Republican Party electorate right now to defend religious liberty or to even touch the question of uh, gay marriage with a 30-foot pole. Uh, Every Republican who's elected in the country right now believes this is a third rail issue. That if they do anything that is tangentially seen as opposing gay marriage, they're going to create and they're going to cross some huge cultural Rubicon that's just going to get them tossed out of office. They've completely surrendered on this issue. They have no interest in defending this issue. They have no interest in talking about it. Uh, there's just, there's just no way that you, I mean look what happened to the in, uh, Mike Pence and the Indiana Religious yeah. Freedom Act. Yeah. You know it, it took about what three weeks of media criticism forget to get oh, him to back down that. from that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so there's just no way that that's going to happen. And, uh, and that's sad. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. Uh, Blake Johnson says steak and shake burgers are better than Wendy's burgers. I have never had Bye. steak and I've never had steak and shake before. I have had Wendy's; they're pretty good. Um, I'm sorry, but Culver's are better than both of those. Chris, what do you think? Well, so Wendy's burgers are all right. I, I've never had steak and shake. Uh, it, it, the best burgers in the country, let me tell you, for the price and for the quality, come from Cookout. I don't know if you guys have cookout in the Midwest, but cookout is really big down here in the Southeast. Never and it, yep. it, Never it is amazing. It. You, you get these, you get these combo trays, right? So you, you get a, like a sandwich, you can do a, a barbecue sandwich. You can do a, a burger or a double burger and you can pick two sides. You can do like French fries and onion rings or hush puppies and a, a chicken quesadilla, anything like that. And you get this whole combo tray and a drink for five bucks. It beats every other combo deal in the country. It's the best fast food chain around, uh, arguably better than Chick-fil-A. Boy, that sounds very good. Uh, Jacob Arthur, I think this needs to be a hold alert here. Jacob Arthur says, Kim Jong-un's people did a psychological profile uh, of Trump, determined he has narcissistic personality disorder, and played him like a fiddle. Ooh. So... Chris? Why? Oh. Any more explanation from either of you? I don't... Oh. I, Go ahead, Todd. No, no I just... Listen, I th- this, this might ultimately end up being nothing. Uh, it might be standard issue Trump vainglory... Uh, without any real expectation on his end of uh, follow-through or even if there's an expectation, understanding how uh, that might happen. But, you know, that's just, that, that's Trump on almost 
every issue. No, that's why when it comes to the particulars of this, I, 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 I don't really understand why there's there's something unique uh, about the, the criticisms coming from conservatives about uh, Trump and this issue. He, he, he this may, I, I. I'm frustrated with his total lack of follow through on transgenders in the military. And it may end up looking just like that. That part of him I get just as it applies to the specifics of North Korea. There just seems to be way too many flights of fancy about uh, who got played and why these guys got together for in a room. How long were they together? It not five minutes about how, how long, Chris? Like 45 minutes yeah. or so, at and, least on camera. And we expected, like, geopolitical uh, terrain to be indefinitely uh, uh, and forevermore changed. I just, I, I don't get that about this. I don't, I somebody may get played ultimately big time at the end of all this. The fact that people know that it already happened on this front, I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I agree with Todd here. I'm, I'm going to sell that Trump straight up got played. I think what's more likely is uh, the, the North Koreans are still trying to size them up just outside of Twitter. Right. Uh, you know, they, they they did they did make they did make certain concessions. Well, they didn't make any concessions at this meeting, but they have released the three American prisoners. They have uh, fired the, the members of Kim Jong Un's staff who were kind of more radical, and supposedly they put them in with more quote moderates unquote as if a murderous dictatorial regime has any moderates whatsoever. Um, so I think it's too early to say that Trump straight up got played at this meeting. What I do think happened is President Trump is always looking for a win. You know, he's always looking to position uh, to not position himself, but to make it appear on camera as if he is orchestrating this big, important meeting. And we're going to make a decisive historical moment. And President Trump is going to make America great again and make the world great again. He's a TV. He's a reality TV star. The way the way that this media this meeting was run and the way that it was put on camera it was like an episode of reality television. It was it was all fake. It was all real. They had the statement they were going to sign going into the meeting. They're doing all of the actual communication and communications and negotiating. All of that is happening off camera between American officials and uh, North Korean officials, and uh, all the diplomacy is happening there. The meeting was just for show. So I don't think Trump got played at this meeting whatsoever. And now. He can get played in the future if he takes anything the North Koreans say really seriously, as he seems to be doing today. I think he tweeted this morning that he said the North Koreans are no longer a nuclear threat. Right. Yeah, that's that's BS. That that is absolute BS. As long as they have the possibility of obtaining nuclear weapons, or some people suspect they already have nuclear weapons, and as long as they're run by a murderous dictatorial regime that hates America, which it is run by, then they are a nuclear threat to the United States. Uh, so I, I think a lot of members of Congress are in a better place, a better headspace than this than the president right now. Uh, I think Ruby, Marco Rubio is someone who's really being very pragmatic, looking at the situation, saying, "Look, we, we can't trust these guys fully. Uh, if they want to make more concessions, great. But this meeting was just the beginning of a series of dialogues, and we're going to need to have." Uh, any deal that we come up with is going to need to be enforceable. And if we can't do that, then we need to turn around and slap these sanctions right back at them. So as long as that's the position of the United States, I think we're going to come out of it okay. But if Trump just takes Kim Jong-un at his word, I think it's potentially a very foolish mistake. And ultimately, we're going to have to wait and see. The next 
two years really are what matters when you think about this issue. You can't really tell anything from this one meeting we had a couple of days ago. You just have to wait and see what the next steps are. And that's that's why I think the mainstream media is wrong to, to denounce this as a complete failure. And it's why some of Trump's most ardent supporters are wrong to hail this as some clear victory. It's neither of those right now. Let me ask both of you a question on this front. What do you think the odds are that Trump and Un, in in a private moment, just had the conversation and said, okay, listen here, Rocket Man. I'm going to go out and say some really nice things about you uh, in the near uh, future. I'm going to say things like you're no longer a nuclear threat. I'm going to say things like your people love you. I said, we both know uh, that uh, I still think you're a threat. We we both know that you haven't been very nice to your people. But I th- I think that you want to change. I think the smart move is you want to change. So I'm willing to play my part in that game. I'm willing to help you save some face, even though you probably don't deserve the same face. But if you cross me on this, I am going to bomb you back into the Stone Age. I hope that happened. I really Any do. possibility yeah. that that happened? Chris, didn't I tell, tell you the same thing yesterday in a, in a private message? I said... You did. Yeah, I said... Um, so we're all thinking Trump, it. Yeah, Trump should have told Un at some... Or, I'm sorry, Kim, at some point... Um, I love you. We wanna, we wanna have. We let's be, let's get rich together. Um, but I swear, if you cross me, I will. How you say, turn your country into a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, president. But that's that's the hope, right? The hope is that President Trump. Uh, he went to Singapore, and uh, he sees all these pictures of North Korea, like he talked about, right? He's like, look at these beautiful beaches you're firing cannons from. Wouldn't some nice condos be look great in, this, in these beaches? We can have nice condos if you want, or I can bomb the hell out of you, and you can have a parking lot. You know, if that's what happened behind the scenes, great. I don't want to speculate about that, though, because there is no way that any of us will ever know, ultimately, if that's what happened at this meeting. Oh, yeah. Trump will tell you tomorrow. He might. That's how we'll know. He'll say it. If if, if that's what happened, do you guys really think that President Trump would say that and then not brag about saying that? (laughs) That's true. Dang it. That's true. Um, Moving on. Mud Weasel says the Mariners will end their playoff drought this year so they can crush the spirit of their fans in a worse way than usual. <laughs> I have no idea. Todd, you're the baseball savant. Uh, yeah, I haven't have checked the standings uh, in a little bit. Um, they're just in their uh, own division. There's still the Astros uh, and the Angels. Angels started out hot, um, suffered thereafter. So I... what. They said they will break the heartbreak? Uh, the Mariners will end their playoff drought this year so mm. they can crush the spirit of their fans in a worse way than usual. No, I, I, I'm going to sell. I, th- I think it's just going to be hard to bust out of their uh, division. I'm going to buy because it sounds fun. Okay. But uh, let me tell you, I, I'm, I'm really bad at these kinds of questions because I'm just a casual sports fan. Mm-hmm. I watch the games when they're on. I enjoy the points being racked up. I don't follow any of the stats. I don't follow any of the who's switching which players, which teams got which coaches. Uh, but but I can tell you, as a fan of New York sports, uh, that the, the uh, I've been really kind of let down the last couple of seasons, the way the Yankees and the Mets just can't seem to win anymore. So uh, I, I won't be following the Mariners that much for this playoff season. I really do hope that the Yankees put a great t- team together, get back in the World Series, and this time uh, take it home. 
Um, Blake Johnson says uh, he's got another one. Uh, Toby Maguire's version of Spider-Man is the best live-action version, with the original Spider-Man Two film being the best of all Spider-Man movies. I I tapped out really early on Spider-Man, especially Toby Maguire's. I just I I I can't even with Spider-Man for whatever reason. So I'm gonna sell. Okay. Yeah. So Spider-Man is my favorite superhero of all time, and. Uh, I, I think I can make a case, a competent case, that Spider-Man is the greatest superhero of all time, uh, better than Batman, better than Superman, better than all the others. And that the reason for that is because as a character, he is the most relatable hero. Uh, you know, when he, when, he, when Spider-Man was first created by Stan Lee, the, the object of Peter Parker was he was going to be, he's not the guy who's the all-star and jock who does superhero on the side and he's that great at it. And he's not the secret reporter. He's a guy who gets picked on in his private life. He's a guy who uh, has dysfunctional relationships. Uh, he, he didn't have the perfect parents. He, he was adopted. He uh, lost both of his parents. He was orphaned. His aunt and uncle took him in. And then in early in his career, he suffers a great tragedy. Uncle Ben gets shot and dies, right? Spoiler alert for anyone who doesn't follow the comics or the movies that you've seen a million times and all these reboots they do. Uh, but the, but the, the whole kind of the ethics of spider-man is this whole idea of with great power comes responsibility I, th I think that's the essence of heroism he's gifted these great powers and he he doesn't just sit on them he tries to make them himself famous originally that's what he wants to do he joins like the wwe uh because he wants to make a lot of money because he's got these big fancy superpowers and then his uncle dies and he realizes that you know he, he got he has this god-given talent uh, he, he has a calling, and it's his responsibility and his duty to live up to that calling. You know, it's, it's a hero who's very much focused on duty, which is something I think is particularly in our American culture, we leave behind a lot. We, we like to talk about rights. We like to talk about things that we're entitled to. We rarely, rarely talk about the duties that we have towards other people. You know, just because uh, you have a right to life, you know, if you have a right to life, that means I have a right to respect that life and to I have a duty to respect that life and a duty to try and protect that life and a duty to serve other people. And I think in the character of Spider-Man, that really shines through. And he's funny. He, he's a you know, he's a smart guy and he's also really snarky. And so on the topic of movies, I think that the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man in the original Sam Raimi trilogy and the Andrew Garfield uh, Spider-Man and the Sony trilogy, or the Sony movies that followed, they captured two sides of the Spider-Man character that are different sides. You know, Tobey Maguire, on the one hand, is the shy, kind of likable nerd Spider-Man, uh, whereas Andrew Garfield, he's, Tony, Tobey Maguire was better at playing Peter Parker, you know, the shy nerd guy. Andrew Garfield is better at playing Spider-Man, this really snarky, sarcastic, wisecracking hero who's showing up and he's cool. And, uh, but neither of those actors really captured the whole Spider-Man character. Now, Tom Holland, I think, as Spider-Man in the new Avengers movies, he nails the character of Spider-Man. He's, he's the right look. He's the, plays the right age. Tobey Maguire was a bit old. Andrew Garfield uh, was, frankly, a bit old, too. But uh, Tom Holland looks the right age. He acts the right part. Uh, I think he nails the character of Spider-Man. Now, as far as the movies go, I think Spider-Man Homecoming is probably my favorite of them. And so I'm going to sell on the fact that Spider-Man 2 is the greatest Finally. movie. I think, hom oh I think Homecoming <laughs> I think Homecoming is a superior movie. Uh, but before Homecoming, Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man movie. Well said, Todd.
Wow, I thought your knowledge of Rush was pervasive. Good grief. Uh, that That's a tour de force right there, brother. Um, yeah, I gave... Uh, I, I liked the first one. The second one, I never understood. I didn't think it was terrible, but p- people think of that second Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire and Doc Ock as like a really good movie. I, I I didn't. I just thought it was average. I and then I never saw a single Spider-Man movie after that. The third one in For that shame. version, they don't, Gar- don't 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 see Spider-Man well, three. Well, that's why I just I, uh, th- I these movies were all coming out at a point in my life where I was uh, my wife and I were having our babies and small children, and if it wasn't good, um, I, if I didn't hear it was good, I was I certainly wasn't going to go out to to see it, and I never saw them on DVD because people said they were so bad. So I. I, I, Toby McGuire was fine. I, I liked him as an actor back then. Uh, Andrew Garfield is a is an exceptional actor, even though he's a doofus uh, in many respects uh, uh, in real life, who's just easily you know pushed around by whatever wind comes his way. And Tom Holland, I, I agree. Uh, Homecoming was a very good movie. Liked it a lot. He's excellent. Um, so I don't know that how much I actually uh, added there, um, but uh, Chris gave you an education, that's for sure. All right, let's get through a few more of these rapid fire before the uh, the main the main dish at the end. Uh, Chuck Gregory says the Inspector General's report will lead to dismissal of Rod Rosenstein or another high level Justice Department official. So, uh, I I don't have any faith in this Justice Department right now uh, to see that actual justice is done. I think the uh, the way that the investigation has run so far backs that sentiment up. Um, so I'm doubtful that any high-ranking official is actually going to see jail time or even get fired. Uh, all right, one more, uh, one more rapid fire. Uh, Varek, the sarcastic Jew, says the Flash movie will restart the DC expanded universe and make it more like Marvel. So, look, there is a natural law, eternal principle that you guys never really touch upon on this podcast, but I'm going to say it. DC movies suck. They are terrible. Every single one of them is bad, except for the Christopher Nolan trilogy, which is just all right. And it's just a fundamental law of the universe that DC cannot make a competent live-action movie. Their animated series are great, but their live-action movies are not. This is heresy. Whatever he said beforehand, America just discounted out of hand. The the Christopher Nolan trilogy was just okay. I mean that that simply cannot stand. No Chris, Chris, you're you're breaking some new ground here. Don't know what kind of ground, but you're breaking some new ground. I'm certain if if Steve was here, he would have given you uh, you're fired. Yeah, yeah. All right, you guys. Go ahead. You're not my supervisor. (laughs) (laughs) You're not my real dad. Um, You guys ready for this? You guys ready for the main course here? I haven't given you any any, um, indication as far as what we're doing. You guys ready? Brace yourself. Hold on to your butts. Uh, sure. Okay. The top 25 Star Wars characters, according to Rolling Stone. I got a bad feeling about this. Yep. Stone, they've never failed us with a list before. I know, only every (laughs) single time. All right, so you know how how we play these list games, Chris. Uh, If you buy, you generally agree with where this thing or person is ranked on this list. Uh, If you sell, you don't agree with that the person either should be on the list at all or where they are in the list. Or if you hold, 
um, or if you uh, if if you there's really no holds in this. If you want to hold, then you just don't know. But if you, if you can't make your your mind on this, then you you know. Po- point of order. Uh, I know that some of the cartoons are canons. Is this everything, or is this just the movies? This is just the movies. It appears. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because this actual Wait, list you, is fifty. You, so what you're saying is what you're saying is the countless hours I've spent reading reading Wikipedia articles about Star Wars are not going to come into play here. Probably, probably not. Uh, so this oh. actual list is actually fifty. It's actually a top fifty list, but I'm only taking the top twenty-five. So without further ado, number twenty-five, Qui Gon Jinn. Twenty-five? Yeah. Twenty-five. I buy twenty-five. Wow, I, th- I think there's. I think there's twenty-four better movie characters than Qui Gon Jinn. He's kind of stoic. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a good list. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, well, it could be a good list if he, if he's number 25, uh, I mean, there's a lot, I think there could be a, a lot of cool backstory to, uh, Qui-Gon and I think a, a better, a far better movie that should have been made would have offered some of it to you in the Phantom Menace, but I'll take 25. I'll buy. All right. Number 24, Bib Fortuna. Oh, come on. See now, ugh. Bib Fortuna is, is better, better than, than Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, sell, yeah, Good sell grief. that. Uh, number twenty-three, Finn. Oh, sell. He's a dreadful character. Awful. Shouldn't even be on the list. Yeah, I mean, he's okay. just terrible. Okay, I'll, I'll buy that. Number I think tw- Finn's better than Qui Gon. Okay, number twenty-two, Admiral Akbar. Oh, sell. He's gonna be like, higher. It was like thirty seconds ago. Todd was gonna be like, was like, man, this is gonna be a good list. And then you just kicked me right in the nether regions instantly. It's a trap. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, boy, I'm, I'm, I want a Chris might be right to go higher. He's great. He's an absolute great. Uh, um, what, what would we call that kind of character in the Star Wars canon? A um ancillary character that yeah. doesn't seem to do yeah well I mean, he's fa- he's, he's a, fantastic he's, he's like a background character but yeah. the, the moments he's on screen in the return of the jedi are so iconic and the whole meme culture that's emerged around that character now he's got to be higher okay i'll buy you'll buy it where it is okay uh well no he sold because he should be higher uh, no, uh, uh, right didn't you chris buy- yeah, I sold because yeah. I, I my part should be a top 15 character. Okay, I'll, okay. Well, I'll buy. Okay. Kylo Ren at number 21. Uh, Sal, he's, he's got to be higher, too. He's probably the best character to come out of the new trilogy. <sighs> number 21, I'll buy where it is, um, along with uh, the fact that it could both go in either direction hard. Number 20, Shurit Imwe. He's the martial arts force-wielding guy from... Rogue One. Sal, he should be higher. Yeah, Lo- I love that character. Love yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, fantastic character. Yeah, I agree, Sal. He's great. Number 19, The Emperor. Oh, Sal, higher. Yeah, Sal, got, got to be higher. Number 18, Mace Window. Windu. Samuel L. Jackson. Mm. Number 17, you said? 18. 15? 18. Huh? 18. Okay. 18, I will... Uh, Sell. I, I thought as cool as Samuel Jackson is, I, that was a pretty thinly drawn character. I, I think it actually should be lower. It could have been cool. I mean, yeah, he was awesome. Purple lightsaber. He's a bad man. You know what? I'll, I'll buy him at that position because the character, the way he's developed in the Star Wars Clone Wars animated series is really cool. So I'm, I'm fine with him at number 18. Number 17, Grand Moff Tarkin. 
I'll buy that. Yeah, I'll buy that, and it's only added to with uh, uh, Rogue One. Um, number 16, Chewbacca. Oh, sell higher. Must sell. Be higher. Dude, perfectly. Top 10. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to be he's he's got to be in the top 10. I completely agree. Number 15, Jabba the Hutt. Bye. So, I'll sell that position because Chewbacca's better than him. So if you're going to put Jabba the Hutt as a better character than Chewbacca, Jabba the Hutt's too high. Yeah. He's that, iconic. He should be in the top 20. I appreciate I appreciate on. what Chris is doing. He's very really thinking through the rules on this one. I I was simply saying, generally speaking, at fifteen, he's a great character. I'm, I, I guess I'm not. I'm allowing for the fact that uh, Chewbacca should be higher, but uh, that, setting that aside, fifteen feels about. I mean, Jabba the Hutt, and I, it would have been such a terrible idea the way they originally felt. Jabba the Hutt was just a guy. Uh, yeah. in the original Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. I mean this it was I remember seeing that as a a kid. Um and so in nineteen eighty three I'm ten, whatever. I mean it was just amazing. So yeah, yeah. bye. The, the Return of the Jedi is actually probably my favorite Star Wars movie. Like when I was little, my parents used to get the VHS cassettes from Blockbuster and that is the one I kept asking for over and over and over again. So uh number fourteen, Greedo. Sell. Sell. He's that is that is too high, For, and that that falls into uh, Greedo's cool, but that also falls into the category yeah. of I'm sure we're going to get to it, and we haven't named it yet. But I bet the number one on this list is going to be Boba Fett, which is going to make me want to punch no. somebody. Um, no, that's, this, I, Boba Fett's cool, but stop that. It's not, he's not the coolest. Thing. Everybody, every geek in the world, for some reason, secretly wanted to be Boba Fett over Luke Skywalker. You're, you're losers. Not, look. If the number one character is not Darth Vader, the list is null and void. It's just period. Okay. Uh, uh, so I, I'll sell. I'll sell Greedo there too. I think that's a bit high. Yeah. Number thirteen, Lando Calrissian. Which number is that? Thirteen. Thirteen. I'll buy that. I'll sell. That's too high. He he's on the list, but that's that's too high for Lando. Too high? Like he needs to be lower than thirteen? Yeah, there's definitely in the whole Star Wars. I mean, heck, you take uh, Kylo Ren. You know, you both know my issues with that movie, but the Kylo Kylo Ren's a fully drawn, more complex character. I mean, Lando's Lando's cool, but that's I just got done saying. You know, the oh, it, there's got to be more than just the cool factor, and so 13's just too high. He's he's twenty to twenty five. Number twelve, C three PO. C three PO's got to be. I, I'm probably shoehorning like 20 people into the top 10, but C-3PO's got to be a top 10 character, right? No. Cell. No? No, Cell, it's too high. Oh. Todd, Todd, Todd. What? The dr- the he was annoying. Like I, he was annoying. He's always annoyed I, me, but like Star Wars, Wars wouldn't be the same without him. Like my family. I was always annoying, annoying to all my siblings, <laughs> but my family wouldn't be the same without me. Yes, Sal. Okay. I mean, he, I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying he's. I I, I like him uh, because he's annoying. I just he's not in the top dozen. No, I I put I put C3PO at like the number ten. So Sal, uh, number eleven, Darth Maul. Bye. Sal. He's just he's just he's just cool enough uh, to be near the top ten, but 
Uh, he's kind of like Icarus. He's flying too close to the sun because of how underused he was in the first movie. Yeah, well, that's why you have to sell it. it it's too high. Apparently, we're going to find out more about him based on, I don't think it's a spoiler. I don't know. Maybe, Chris, would it be a spoiler? Have you heard anything about the latest uh, movie? So, Darth, Darth Maul plays a really big part in the Clone Wars series and the uh, uh, the Star Wars Rebels right, series. right. And his character's phenomenally developed in those series. So he's a cool character. I think he deserves the number 11 spot. Uh, I've heard he makes an appearance in Solo. Okay. I don't know what he does. Okay. Yep. That's all I know as well. Number 10, BB-8. But uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. How the <laughs> hell is BB-8 cooler or better than Darth Maul? Yeah, BB-8 is not better than C-3PO. So... Yes, yeah, sell. Hard sell. Hard I th- sell. I think, in general, BB-8 is a great invention of the uh, latest movies. He, he He's fun. You'd think that it'd be hard to capitalize, uh, to go... I mean, he's derivative of R2-D2, so you think it might be cheap knockoff, but it's still different enough. There's, a, It's charming. It's, it's It embodies what the droid is supposed to be in that movie. With the, I hated the part in the, where he takes over the uh, the AT-AT in Last Jedi. That was really stupid, but that's not poor BB-8's fault. All that being said, way too high, Sal. So. Uh, number nine. Did you get in on that one, Chris? Number ten? Oh, yeah, I sold. Okay, C-3PO gotcha. should be the number 10 guy. Gotcha. BB-8 is not better than C-3PO. Gotcha. Number nine, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Bye. Uh, Sal, that's too low. Obi-Wan Kenobi should be top I five. Take that, yeah, I, I agree. I take I take that back. That was that was an impulsive buy. Uh, he, he, Obi, he's a top five guy. Top five, okay. Number eight, R2-D2. He is the king of the droids, so I'll buy. So he deserves to be in the top ten. Yes. Uh, I'll buy two. Number seven, Ray. So she I don't think she's a top ten character. Hmm. She's supposed to be the uh, cornerstone of the new trilogy, so that's Yeah, well that's a sad that's a sad I like the new tri- I, I like the new trilogy, but I don't think she's that good. I think Kylo Ren is a better character than Ray. So if I if Kylo Ren was like number what, seventeen or whatever, uh, then this list is all screwed up. I'll buy because I can't go total, can't stand the recent movies. Squish. I really like her, um, so I, I'll I'll buy. All right, number six, Luke Skywalker. Hmm, it's six. So that uh, trying to, I'm anticipating what is to come. Um, I'm going to sell that's too low based on who I am anticipating will be higher than Luke. And I think it'll probably be nonsense. So, um, yeah. I'll sell. I, I agree. Uh, I'm going to sell too. Uh, I think Luke's better than Leia and Leia hasn't been mentioned yet. So, all right. Number five, princess Leia. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Switch them around. Chris is exactly right. Number four, Yoda. I think that's a perfect spot for him. Well, hold on. I mean, we just got to, I know it. Let me think in my head what we're missing here. Uh, uh, Okay. I know how they're going to do it. I'll buy that. Missing one. But yeah, but I guess it's now we're at the point where I'm I'm not thinking of one, but uh, I'll buy. What about you, Chris? Yeah, he bought. You bought? I I, I bought it. Okay. Uh, Number three, Boba Fett. There it is. Yeah, Yeah. that's where they're going to put Boba. 
Uh, I agree. Actually, I agree. I'll sell on this because I, I agree with Todd. He's cool. He's not one of my favorite characters. What I get that he's a favorite character for a lot of people, but uh, Boba Fett is just he, eh. What he, he didn't play that big of a deal yeah, in the why, in the movies. What? Explain this to me. Because why? you cannot conceive, Todd. You cannot conceive of your of yourself having force powers. You know what you can conceive of, Todd? Having a freaking jetpack and a freaking <laughs> rocket launcher on that jet jetpack. And, uh, and a blaster, a, blaster, a, a laser blaster, and a really freaking cool helmet with a cape. That's what you can conceive of. And he died. These kids were being realistic. He just had such a lame death, that's just true. fell into the Sarlacc But he pit. looks I mean, really cool, and he has a jetpack. Okay. I mean, that's, yeah, wait, wait. I knew this was coming. I just knew it. It's too high. All right, number two, Darth Vader. Oh. No! <laughs> See? No. No. Screw this. Sell. I lo- love Han Solo, but he's not the number one character. He's number one, Han Solo. Yeah, sell. I think you know how I feel about that. Well, that's all I got. Chris, thanks for uh, joining us today. It was fun. It was really fun. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Chris. You bet. Have a good one. Uh, Todd and I will be back again tomorrow for both the TV show and the podcast. Until then, Micah 6 8. Steve Dace. I like it, you.